One year, I kind of got an idea, you know, I want to try trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Perfect and Game magazine. There's structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon ads. Information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because work it ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very much the same as the you got bogged down. They started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it gets sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the fur shed, this is the Trapping Today podcast. Brought to you by Cotts Brothers Lures. K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S dot com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cotsboros has a full line of trapping supplies, baits and lures, books and DVDs, everything you need to get started on the trap line. We're also brought to you by OnX Maps. Turn your phone into a fully functioning GPS. View the latest aerial imagery, get land ownership parcels and owner information. You can mark your location, run tracks, measure distance and area, and everything is backed up online so you don't lose it. Go to onxmaps.com and enter the promo code TRAP, T-R-A-P, to get 20% off of your subscription. All right, guys, great to have you here uh, in just about, almost, not quite the middle of the summer. It's the end of May, beginning of June, and uh, it's uh, absolutely beautiful time of year to be outside. There's a few of you that are getting things ready for the next year's trapping season. Guys like me are way too much of a procrastinator to do that, so... Uh, working on other things. Tonight's episode is uh, part four, the final part of my interview with Nathan from Minnesota. So we're going to talk uh, a little more trapping with Nathan. That was a great, uh, it was a great interview. I had a lot of fun talking with him. It's uh, it's really cool to get the chance to you know to to sit down with just average guys that no one's ever heard about and and uh, guys like Nathan. You know he's he's younger and just kind of getting started trapping the past several years so he's uh he he has a fresh set of eyes on things so he's learning new things and he's trying out different stuff and has all kinds of ideas so that's pretty cool all right um thank you again for tuning in we'll get into the show stay tuned for our weekly special from cots brothers lures we're going to have that at the end of the episode and uh, let's get into it i mean i'm 20 I'm 20 right now. I'm not an old, you know, I am, I have so much more to learn. You're learning every day. Right. And, um, I'm 36 and I'm learning every day. Yeah. And like, that's the beautiful thing about trapping is you're going to learn every single day. If you put your mind to it, you will learn something new every single day. If you're willing to learn, if you, if you don't know everything already. Right. You yeah. Gotta train, train yourself that you, you know none of us are experts. We all have something to learn. 
Right. And there's always going to be an animal that schools you like you would not believe. They There's always going to be that one really and, smart you one. You know what gets me is, some, like, I've had situations where I know there's a lesson there, and I still haven't figured out the lesson. And at some point, it might be next season, it's going to click. You, uh-huh. know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, I, like I'll walk up to a spot where a coyote's come in and hasn't, hasn't gotten caught and I know I did something wrong or there's something there that I haven't quite figured out and I'm trying to learn from it, but I have, I, I haven't quite learned what I, what I need to know. Yeah. Uh, but it's in the back of my mind. And at some point, you know, I've had times in the past where all of a sudden something clicks and it's like, Oh, okay. Uh-huh. That's what was going on. Yep. And I think that writing everything down really helps with that. Yeah. Because like I will leave, so I write, when I start a day off, like say I run, you know, I have 40 water sets out and 30 dry land sets. And um, so, you know, 30 or 30 or 40 traps that are mainly muskrat and raccoon and beaver. And then the dry land are, when I, when I say dry land, I'm talking about fox and coyote. Yeah. And, um... So I have, I will, I'll, I'll write all this down, like where my sets are, where my sets are, um, what bait and lure I'm using, which I, I'm always open to try new stuff, but I have my four things that I like. I like Cavens, Hiawatha Valley, Predator Bait. I like the Predator Bait Plus from Cavens. I like Dunlap, uh, Hellfire, and I like Caven's Yodel Dog. And I have some, like, that's for dry land. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, you know, I, I've, I've used Dunlap's uh, Soul Taker, and I liked it. It's just, it takes a little bit to, you have to, you have to try a lot of new things to figure out what works in your area. Mm-hmm. So back home in southeastern Minnesota, you use red fox. I mean, I could use no bait, no lure, put red fox urine on a flat set and catch coyotes because they're thieves. And there's, there's, I mean, down there, they're stupid. Um, up here, they're a little bit smarter, and their food source is going to be primarily different from a red fox. They're going to eat deer. Mm-hmm. And because they're bigger, uh, they know that as soon as the snow comes, they're going to be able to chase the deer down because the deer can't walk on top of the snow. And Very, um, very similar to this area. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that, like, I looked a little bit at some information on Maine, and um, my I talked to my godfather. He's been to Maine to moose hunt before. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that's big. You get drawn for a moose tag in yeah. Maine. That's awesome. As a non-resident, especially. Yeah, and uh, him and I talked about it, and he said it is so similar to northern Minnesota <laughs> yeah, that scary. if you, it, yeah, if you went there, you'd be like, oh, I'm in Park Rapids, or I'm in Bemidji, or I'm in Duluth. Yeah. And um, so it's it's kind of funny, like. Uh, when I talk about, you know, we get 
the we uh, you get an early freeze up i'm sure mm-hmm. you know what when do you guys freeze up middle of november the yeah like the beaver ponds and stuff that that'll freeze those will freeze like the first early, first few days in november late october um, yeah the lakes you know it, it all depends on the size of the lake uh, right our bigger lakes usually don't freeze up till till sometime in december um, yeah, but the smaller stuff early mid November usually it's it's starting to freeze. Yeah. So here we get um, our freeze up is very similar to your guys's. Um, we have our bigger lakes uh, as long as they're not spring fed. If they're spring fed lakes, then you know it takes a little longer. Um, or if they're it's real really deep deep and big yeah yeah the water to cool down right um but it's it's so like it's so similar that it's scary and then your ice out is probably first week of may usually first second week of may yeah um i know in so so we just had a good warm-up last weekend and uh so we had i think in south or in my hometown we had 49 to 54 degrees. Hmm. And, and, you know, in March, that's, that's unheard yeah, of. Right. And um, all their snow is gone. They have no snow down there. Up here, I'm sitting in my truck right now looking at the snow piles on the edge of the parking lot of my apartment. And they're like 15 feet high. <laughs> and i'm like mm, it would be sure nice if i could get uh a little bit of dry land trapping in once the snow's gone but i'm not gonna be able to maybe i'll be able to trap some coyotes but um our raccoon and red fox season ends um i believe this weekend this sunday i think mm-hmm. and which i don't I don't mess with raccoons in the winter yeah, just because, they, right, and they get, the ones that you do catch when it does warm up a little bit are all rubbed out and disgusting, so I don't want to deal with them. They're too much work to flush and stretch and stuff for it to be worth it to trap them right now. But um, I'll trap... With my hay mountain sets, I'll catch, every once in a while I'll catch some red fox. Um, I caught a red fox that killed a bunch of my girlfriend's grandparents' chickens. That that was the first uh, ADC. Nice. Uh, the first ADC fox I've ever caught. Right on. And um, it was, I had never seen a mangy fox in person until I caught that one. Yeah. Like, it was gross. Yeah. And I was just like, what am I supposed to do with it? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I'm not going to skin it. It's not worth anything. So, but you don't want to waste it. So, I, I I did end up skinning it out, and I took out the glands and, um, you know, all the... Because Cotsboro's by the glands. Yeah. And so, I have... I just, I wish that I would have known that when I was younger. 
Um, I shoot, I would have trapped just for the. Now it's it's almost <laughs> worth more to trap for the glands than it is for the fur. Yeah, there's some pretty good money in glands. Well, look at beaver caster. I mean, you'll make more. Uh, oh yeah, more for the ca- as much for the uh, from the caster as you will from the fur this year. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've although been you got here. a nice beaver, you probably do okay um, at fur harvesters. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited to hear how it all goes. Um, I'm you know I'm kind of unsure of how it's all going to play out with prices, but um, I'm kind of hoping that having the northern northern beavers, we do pretty well. Yeah. Um, and generally, in the past, when the prices are low, northern Minnesota beavers and like northern wisconsin and michigan beavers do pretty well yeah and uh obviously i'm not going to get 60 bucks for a beaver right but i might get 15 yeah 15 to 18 they got 18 last that last sale they got 18 i'm I'm amazed that they got it Uh, where was that one at the fur harvesters may sale um oh yeah they they averaged 18 dollars on beaver that's crazy yeah that's ridiculous because <laughs> what what uh everything else was like thir- 12 or 13 the rest yeah even 10 oh well like. and i i've been hearing that this year a lot of beavers are going to be like under 10 yeah some of the state fur auction results have been eight or nine dollars average that's um, but oh. i think the, i think for our, they'll do better i mean it'll right. be interesting though because there's a lot of uh you know, typically they're mostly northern fur, and this year with NAFA being done, I think they're they're probably <coughs> going to get a higher percentage of of southern fur, or potentially. Right. So uh, you know, you might be comparing apples to oranges a little bit. The average might be down a little bit overall, but um, yeah, I, it'll be yeah. interesting because it's really for big quantities of the beaver. Uh, that's the only place that you can get it at auction right now. So Right. And uh, I think that another thing to think about is, you know, with NAFA going under and all of these southern beavers that we're going to get is, like you said, we're going to be comparing apples to oranges where your northern beavers are going to look so much better compared to your southern beavers that we might just get, that price boost that we've been looking for it all depends on who's buying and what they're buying it for because and you need them to be in a good mood if if they're buying for a hatter market it doesn't matter how nice the pelt looks or how thick it is they're buying by basically by weight so right uh, they're they're just chopping up that pelt and using it to make make uh make felt so for that market, you know, we're kind of, we don't have any advantage, which is kind of sad. But if you can get a couple buyers in there, they're looking to use beaver, you know, to make fur coats or to make anything else other than, other than felt, um, our, our, our Northern beaver will definitely stick out. Right. And I think that, uh, I think that it's, it's so difficult for us as trappers to like try to figure out how to like how how can we make our fur worth more oh every single trapper that i've talked to has 
has that challenge. And it, it, it is amazing to me how many guys are are tanning the fur and making stuff themselves out of it. Right. Like, I think Chris is... He is? Chris is yeah, Chris has been doing quite a bit with that, I've, yep. I've been hearing. Um, um, I interviewed uh, Brad from Vermont. He's he's making some stuff. You got uh, Garrett Volk, uh, Volk Furs. He's, he's making hats and and uh mitts and stuff uh cole my friend here in northern maine he's starting to make some stuff he he made some cozies drink cozies out of out of uh beaver pelts uh there's a bunch of guys there's a couple other guys from maine that i've heard from that have made stuff and i'm like man you guys actually sew (laughs) right yeah well and like that's one crazy thing is how often do you see somebody wearing a fur coat right Never. Rarely. You know, almost never. Yeah. Right. I think, I think I've seen two people in my life at very fancy restaurants that have very rich people there. And they probably had to look all around them to make sure someone wasn't there with a can of paint. Right. And, um, but like most of this stuff, you know, like those Canada goose jackets, they have the um, they have the coyote lining. Just a little bit of trim, yeah, on the hood. Right, which is that you know that six inch strip down the middle of a coyote. Yeah. And what do they do with the rest? Good question. <laughs> who knows? You know, who who knows what they're doing with that? And I mean, what can you do with that? Uh, a coyote's fur is not great for a lot of things but it's for the things that it is good for there's very small portions of that pelt that are worth it you know Mm -hmm. and um i think that it's it's kind of crazy to me because the whole you know we as as trappers, I also think that it is our responsibility to promote wearing fur, pr- promote, you know, if if I could afford to buy a beaver-lined jacket, I would buy one. It is incredible how warm fur is. I, yeah. I learned that going to Alaska, really, that really hit home for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's just, you can't compare it to anything else. No, there's there is nothing on this earth. I mean, that's that's the reason well, why. Yeah, that's why these animals are out in the cold. You know, twenty, thirty, right. forty below, and they're surviving. Right, and um, I think that it's a big thing with the uh, with with how much under fur an animal has. Like like the beavers that I've been catching up here, uh, it amazes me how much of that under fur they have it's so thick yeah yeah and like back home when we would catch them it's it's pretty thin yeah and um you know that's only 300 miles south mm-hmm. and so then you know you look at the southern minnesota beavers that aren't that great what are these southern united states beavers you know all their uh, base, and, and you know, I'm not, I, I, I'm not knocking on anybody 
you know, who traps southern beavers or anything because there is, you know, obviously the felt market. There's a market, and I mean, what they've got is they've got overpopulations of critters too, and they've got to trap them. I mean, right, it's, right. Uh, you kind of it's you get lemons, you might as well make lemonade. Right, and um, so then it's like you look at a northern Minnesota beaver compared to a beaver from you know Kentucky or uh, Arkansas that has not that much underfur because they don't have to battle the cold temperatures that a northern Minnesota beaver does mm-hmm. but like you said in the beaver market the past few 90... years they've gotten like 50 cents less a pelt than us I mean it's just yeah it's almost the same right. price right <laughs> and and so it's like so there's a really market, there's something wrong in the market there right they're they're using the good underfurred um or the the under for from the minnesota northern minnesota and maine you know the northern state beavers and up in canada they're shave or they're shearing them and using them for felt when we could be getting much better prices if they were using it elsewhere you know but that's the market yeah that we have a really high quality product that nobody seems to be able to find a good end market for right, right now. and so but i mean uh, what 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 could you use it for there's i can't think of you know besides coats and i mean i i actually the reason i started beaver trapping was i have a an uncle that passed away when i was younger and i when he passed away i inherited a beaver pelt koozie like you were talking about (laughs) nice and i've never i've I've never used it um i don't know how well it insulates a can of pop or beer or whatever but um it's cool you know it's a a very high quality fur and but you look at it and you're like it's a freaking can koozie (laughs) like why would anybody carry around a burf or a beaver fur can koozie because it's cool yeah so why can't we find something else that you know everybody nowadays like all they care about is being edgy being you know a new thing mm-hmm. and so why don't we make fur the new old thing you know but then you get these people that antis that are trying to you know i saw i saw on a facebook page today and given this facebook page is called squarehead trappers (laughs) i don't follow any of the facebook trapping uh, pages so i really don't have any background on it so, so Squarehead Trappers, it's like the politically incorrect trapping page. Okay. Which I think is the worst thing on earth. Like, why would you create a page that an anti could take and use against and us? And this is like a public page that anybody can see? You have to, uh, like, you have to, um, 
what do you call it? It's private, so you have to apply or whatever. Um, but how easy is it? I mean, the questions, there's three questions that you have to answer to be in the, you know, for somebody yeah, to so accept any, you being in the group. Can get into it. Right. Any Google search will put you in the group. And um, there was a guy on one of the pages who is from Idaho or wherever, somewhere out west where you can trap a whole bunch of wolves. And he put a picture of a wolf in a uh, one of those number nine. I don't know if it's a Bridger. There's those the, the, the Alaska number. There's Bridger. There's kind of a, there's an Alaska number nine, which is the original wolf trap. And then Bridger has made some sort of a nine. That is a, I, a sim, kind of similar. Yes. It was a num- big, you know, big number nine uh, padded foothold. And it's this wolf just sitting, you know, sitting in the catch circle, not doing anything. And um, it was literally within six hours. I saw uh, Anti's post that had his picture. With that wolf, someplace else. on it, right? Yeah. Like these people are trying to put us under as trappers. So why give them the ammunition? Why? And you know, it is our. This is our our hobby and some people's way of life, and so be proud of it. You know, be proud of what you do. But at the same time, don't put something online that you know is going to, you know, poke the bear. Yeah. it's uh... And, you know, I see some of these Western trappers that catch, you know, those beautiful bobcats that are worth 900 you know, $800, $900. And they're... You know, it's a bobcat that got caught and got itself tangled in a tree. And it's just, like, sitting there with its arm all overextended and, you know, like, that's not a good image for us. Like, why why would you think that it's a good idea to post that? And It's a tough thing because some people, you know, will look at two people two people can look at the same image and come up with a different impression from it. Right. Right. And, and so like, where do you draw the line on what's appropriate and what's not like, like I know Chris, Chris Pope has talked about this before and I've talked about it, you know, and our personal feelings on, on what, what we post publicly and what we don't. Um, But I, I don't know that that is, you know, there's things probably that, that, Every, most people would think was, you know, just run of the mill, no problem. That I would not personally post because I wouldn't feel comfortable with it right. being out there. But there's other things that I might post, <clears throat> and somebody might say, some anti might grab it and say, "Oh, this is terrible," you know. Right. Yeah. And that's you know, I I guess my biggest thing is I don't want. There's so many people going after trapping but there's also so many people that have no idea what trapping is about 
and they're not with the antis, but they're not with the trappers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 80%. Right. Right. So, you know, how can we... How how can we inform that eighty percent? Well, like you said, your buddy from college that went out with the, on the line with you, and he's like, "Oh, this is how you do it! Wow!" Right. You know, some I think just seeing it that's that's a big part of it. And um, I, I seeing I think it done that right, a big, you know. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a big part is like, you know, you could. It's one thing to see it online in a picture. And it's a whole nother to get out and actually do it. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think that if we gave, if there was a way that we could be like, hey, you know, bring 20 people with me on my line and show them what it's all about and how, you know, all of the things, all the tools that we use are designed to be as humane as possible. Mm -hmm. And not there's not a single tool that i use that is inhumane to an animal i i check my traps at the same time every day and i am i mean i i will not tolerate anything you know if if i think that a certain trap or a certain system is binding up hurting the animal you know hurting their their paw or their leg or anything i will change Mm -hmm. if if tomorrow i went out to my snare line and there was a beaver that obviously you know struggled for far too long i would stop doing that and i would figure out a better way to snare them under the ice but the nice thing about you know all of how you know i've been doing this for oh seven or eight years now and you figure out by yourself or through others what works the best and what is the most humane yeah and 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 you we all come up I think with our own definition of what we think is humane. Right. And as long as, you know, like I, in, in my opinion, I know some guys that, um, they don't care as long as they're catching fur, they don't care what they're using. And I think that that's That's just why we have laws. (laughs) Right. Right. And those guys. Right. And it's like, you know, you, I, I also know people that are, you know, in Minnesota, we don't, we don't have any restrictions, like barely any restrictions on traps. Uh, besides you there's what some traps you can use. Right. Yeah. And, but I know guys that, you know, for fear of, uh, being inhumane, they use soft catch, all soft catch traps on their canine lines mm-hmm. with, two cushion springs on them and you know no they make sure there's nothing that the animal can get entangled on and they swivel so many times it's mostly just swivels on their chain (laughs) and i keep wondering when they're going to come up with a chain that's all swivel right that's what i've been thinking (laughs) 
I can't figure it out. I'm like, geez, with all these laws that they're trying to pass, might as well just somebody be rich. But to you know, to play the devil's advocate on that, if you're checking your traps every morning and the animal's got a little more of a bruise than it would otherwise, he's getting a twenty two bullet and he's gonna be dead. Right. So, I mean, there you have to be somewhat reasonable as well. I know that maybe that sounds a little bit blunt, but, uh, but you know, the fact that, you know, for a few hours, it's going to be a bit of an uncomfortable situation. Uh, but overall, in the broad scheme of things, that that's still a very humane way to trap, in my opinion. I, I 100% agree. Um, my, my big thing that I, so I'm, I'm not one to knock anybody for anything that they do as long as it's legal. Um, if you're doing it, like, if you're trapping and you're doing the best that you can, good for you. Yeah. Um, and, but, like, when I started canine trapping, I started with number three um, Bridger Douglas. And I loved those traps, but the only thing that I didn't like about them was I was getting super bad foot damage, even with the offset. Were they laminated jaws too? Yep. And it it was it was like they were there was, yep. And it was it was like it was just when it would close, it would cut them. And I was just, I was dumbfounded and I just could not figure it out. So I, you know, it's $206 or I don't, I don't even remember anymore for a dozen of those modified Bridger Douglas, uh, like 200 bucks. Yeah. Um, and then you can buy MB 550s. Not much more than that. Right. That are, that are you know, a thicker jaw. Yeah. And uh, And soft, soft edges. Right. And they're all like, and that's what I ended up having to do with my bridgers is I literally, I took a Dremel and I cleaned up all the edges. Yeah. And then, then I bought a dozen MB five fifties at, um, then NTA, uh, or at the NTA convention in Owatonna, Minnesota years ago. And I was, I think I was 14 and I bought a dozen of them and it cost me like $180 because it was a convention sale. (laughs) And I was so excited. And my dad was just like, you're an idiot. You just spent $180 (laughs) on traps. And I was, I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm just so excited. And I did not canine trap at that time, but I talked to, um, the Cavens at their their booth, and that guy just Tim Caven is the nicest guy on earth. Like he, they are wonderful people, and he sold me a dozen of them. I mean, he hook line and sinkered me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I was a young kid with lawn mowing money in my pocket, yeah. and he knew it. Uh-huh. And I bought that dozen, and I still have that dozen. Nice. And they still work beautifully. And they have caught so many coyotes that I don't even, I can't even think of how many. But, I mean, 
those were those were the best of the best mm-hmm. at the time, you know. And in my honest opinion, they are still the best of the best. Yeah, I I think they they need to get a little like maybe if they could get a half inch more on the inside jaw spread, they would be the best in my opinion. Yeah, yep. <laughs> they're just a, I, I agree. a little bit small, but but if they get, I mean, they're <sighs> I, it's hard to find a trap that'll beat them. I do like those those uh, canine extremes. Uh, just trying them out this year, but boy, it's hard yeah. to get five fifty. Well, and a five fifty is so easy to adjust. You know, well, you don't really it, have to, right? Right, yeah. You pull them out of the package and they're good to go. Yeah. You know, wha- dye them, wax them, and call it good. Yeah. And, um, but it's, I mean, they're unlike any trap. And they are, in my opinion, they're the most humane. I throw a spring in between um, the swivel at the end of the chain and my chain stakes and i i use wolf fangs Mm -hmm. and um they i just i like that little bit of cushion in my opinion it's just like a confidence thing yeah um just because you know that coyote's gonna sit there and he's gonna pump that right and yeah that's a good thing to consider is it's not just you know about you know damage to the animal it's that spring keeps animals from pulling out in a lot of cases. Right. That it, just, it reduces the force uh, when they get to the end of the chain. Right. And when, I mean, if you've ever seen a trail cam video of a coyote getting catch or getting cat, getting caught, sorry, Minnesota grammar. Um, <laughs> so when he gets caught, he puts his foot in there. And then what does he immediately do when that trap goes off? he jumps back Mm -hmm. to the end of that chain. And, you know, if you ever, if you go on YouTube right now and you search coyote pulls out of a trap, every single time that they pull out of one, it's going to be when they jump back and they hit the end of that chain or that second pump that they do. Yeah. It's, it's never, you know, a coyote, if, if you miss a coyote or if you get one that pulls out, it's never on that or it, it's never on in that trap for more than 30 seconds. They're, you know, they, they don't just sit there and, uh, for six hours and then decide, Hey, I'm going yeah, to figure out. out. <laughs> yeah. The only, you know? the only exception to that would be sometimes when the trapper's walking up to the set. To right. Then, then they freak out. Yeah. They get a little more energy there, but. Right. But, but yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? They're not, you oh, know, yeah. it's that first, it's that first 30 seconds. And if also, if you watch trail cam footage of a coyote getting caught they're within a minute, all they do is lay down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. They're, they're, they're not going to sit there and they don't run around. And, you know, a lot of times a catch circle is made in that first 30 seconds mm-hmm of that coyote getting caught and he's just kicking up ground trying to figure out how to get out. And then once he figures it out, he's just going to lay down. Yeah. A lot of people don't consider that, you know, they're not humans, right? So they're they're not thinking the way you or I are necessarily thinking. And it's like, they, they try to get out. Obviously they want to get out and then they realize, Oh, okay. I can't get out. I better just lay down. Like I had one this, this past fall that was sleeping when I drove up to him. 
Yep. You know, all of a sudden he popped, he heard the truck and he popped his head up like, oh, hey. <laughs> yep. And I mean, like raccoons. Um, You catch a raccoon in a dog proof and he's going to freak out for a little bit and then he's going to curl up in a ball and go to bed. Yeah. You know, they're, I personally, like, I, the first animal that I ever caught was a raccoon. And I caught it in a blind set with a, I got a dozen soft catch one and a halfs from a buddy of mine that trapped. And he bought them from Cumberland's, which is, I don't remember what it's called. North. Northwest Trapper's Fly, yeah. Northwest Trapper's Fly. And they're, they're out of Oatana. Are they really? Which, yeah, which is out, which is thirty miles. You don't really from, hear much from them anymore. No, no, they don't. I don't think that they do a whole lot. Um, like I've seen them. They go to the Minnesota convention, uh, but I don't even think that they go to the national convention anymore unless it's close. And uh, but that he he got them from there because they bought used traps. So when I was younger, that was perfect. We would go in there and you could find, you know, somebody would bring in a dozen 110s and sell them to Cumberland's. And you could go in there and they would have them for $2.50 a piece. Mm-hmm. And, you know, compared to $4 or $4.50 a piece. New, that was, we were saving money. Mm-hmm. You know, we were saving 20 bucks on a dozen. And... Um, so he bought those soft catches from Cumberland's used for cheap. And he was like, here, you can have them. I don't like them. And I caught that raccoon in a blind set. And I didn't like at the time I was like, I can't afford rebar stakes, but I can't afford 14 gauge wire. So I'm just going to take wire and wire it off to tree or uh, a log and I'll just drag the log up and you know raccoons ain't gonna dra- drag that down but I walked up on that raccoon and he was cuddled up underneath the log that I had the wire or the trap wired to mm-hmm. and he was out cold and it wasn't until I grabbed the log to pull him away from the water that he woke up Yeah, and I mean, that's, I guess that's the biggest thing is they're not like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Like anybody who snapped their foot in or snapped their hand in a trap knows that it is not comfortable, but after a little bit, it's not bad. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah, you have that pressure on you, but you can't feel it. It doesn't hurt. I mean, even I, I've snapped my hands in some four coiled MB550s when I'm setting them for coyotes, and I it doesn't even bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I could snap my. I mean, I do it. I I've done a couple um, little like demonstrations when I was in high school. I did a couple projects on trapping where I brought in some traps, and I had. Uh, some four coiled MB 550s and I set one and I set uh, like did a mock dirt hole set outside of the school and I was like this is how a coyote will approach 
and I took my hand and I just like bounced it on the ground and then hit that pan and everybody just went (gasps) (laughs) and I was like no blood no bruising my fingers aren't all broken yep well you you gotta think about this is an animal that does not have boots does not have socks it is walking with those feet on all types of ground and all types of weather and conditions right those are tough callous feet oh yeah a trap there is not gonna is not gonna do cause the amount of pain that that some people might think it does right but, so anyway nathan before my recorder batteries die <laughs> I want to know uh, what's what's next. What's in store for you? What's the future of you as a as a trapper, your trap line, um, moving forward? Um, once the ice goes out, I am going to a buddy and I are gonna. I'm gonna take a week off work um, in April, and we have a little bit of time off for school. And I'm going 50 miles south of Bemidji to run a um cast your own line with him uh where we'll snare snare beavers on caster mounds um i'm gonna start i think i'm gonna start doing a little bit of youtube recording um i have i have an uh a youtube account right now um it has two videos on it neither of them have anything to do with trapping but I think I'm going to start posting a little more on there. I just want to, I think that lately I have been getting more and more anxious to teach some people. Mm-hmm. So I did, I'm a member of Minnesota Trappers Association and I applied to be a registered con, uh, instructor. Awesome. That's great. So, and it actually started because my girlfriend, I'm, my girlfriend did the course and then she needed to do a field day and there's nobody to do a field day within 50 miles of Bemidji. So I was like, oh, I'll just get certified and then we'll be fine. And now it's like, I think that I could, you know, I'll put some ads in the paper and, uh, through the school, I can get a little bit of funding to do, a class um just a free class and i'll probably do that where maybe i'll you know put it up where somebody can run my line with me for a day mm-hmm. and that way i can just you know show some people what it's all about so i think that education is my biggest concern at the moment funny you spend you spend a little time getting into trapping and you you get start to get it figured out you really enjoy yourself and then all of a sudden you know when you started trapping you probably never would have thought that this was gonna gonna be a big part of it but now it's like okay i really like this i want to preserve this and i want to teach more people about it i want other people to experience this and understand uh more about it so so yeah, it seems like we all get through that phase where you you kind of want to want to branch out and do more, right? And you when you uh, when you collect enough information, you get so much that you just want to share. Mm-hmm. And 
in in my opinion, that is the like as trappers, it is our responsibility to share the information that we have. And um, I think that the more that people can learn, the more that we can educate that eighty percent, the better off we are. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the more I talk with people like you, the more I'm encouraged that uh, that we're we're making progress in that department. I believe so. I I believe wholeheartedly that the numbers will go up. Uh, we will get more people into trapping, and there will be. We're we're still in this with battling with the antis and trying to teach people we are still in the game. Yeah. So we we're still here. I don't plan on going anywhere. If Minnesota outlawed trapping tomorrow, I would move to a different state. Let's go to Alaska. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Just trap all the time. Yeah. 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 But, I'm I'm with you, man. All right. Well, Nathan, it was great talking with you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great talking to you. We'll be in touch. Absolutely. We have a lot more to talk about. I know that. That we do. (laughs) All right, man. Take care. Go skin those beavers. I will. (laughs) Have a good night. You too. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I sure did. Um, now it's time for our special of the week from Cots Brothers Lures. Thanks to Cots Bros, big supporters of the show. And uh, please uh, go ahead and, and, you know, you got some trapping supplies to pick up. You got, this, is, this week's special is perfect for guys that have just one or two things that they need to get and they don't want to place a huge order. Um, this week, you have the opportunity at CotsBrothers.com to get $5 off any order of $30 or more. That expires on June 8th. All you have to do is at checkout, enter the code 5OFF, 5OFF, the number 5, the letters OFF. That will give you $5 off any order of $30 or more. So check out CotsBros. They have all kinds of things Uh things that you need, things that you don't need but you might want to check out, and things that you never even thought you needed until you found them at Cots Brothers Lures. Um, get a little bait lure, uh, pick up some some DVDs, uh, pick up some books to get reading, get prepared for next season. Maybe you need some earth anchors, maybe you need a few traps, a few TS-85s or some, some MB-550s. Whatever you need, check them out. Cots Bros, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Thanks, guys, and we will catch you next week. Until then, keep on talking trapping, keep on thinking trapping, and get ready. Here comes next trapping season before you know it. Take care. <laughs>